Welcome to the Momming with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hargrove. On this show, I help moms discover Jesus in their motherhood. I hope this show encourages you in your mom journey. Enjoy the message. So today's title is Nurturing Our Children's Spiritual Journey. And um, I feel like this is just going to be such a relevant topic for all of us, no matter what um, season of life we're in, no matter what season of motherhood we are um, in young, older, whatever age kids, right? So nurturing our children's spiritual journey. And I had someone recently this week ask me this question, and it really just gave me um, just on, put it on my heart to really just talk about this as a whole for our group. And it was a really good question. And she asked this, how can we raise our children in the way of God without causing them to, um, be resentful towards God or towards us? She's heard many people say that they resent God or church because of their parents. And so, how do we teach them about God without somehow causing resentment? And, and when should we start teaching them about certain things about our spiritual walk, about Jesus, about the word? So not only like, how do we do it the right way, but how do we do it? What do we do? How can we start teaching our children? And so how many of you have had the same question or even same fear? You know, oh man, like I want to teach my kids about God, but I don't want them to hate me for it. I don't want to pressure them. I don't want to make them feel this way or that way. How many of you were either raised in church or never went to church growing up? Maybe you occasionally visited church on the holidays or some other kind of influence for church. But what was your story growing up? You know, we all have different backgrounds, experiences, and even feelings towards church and God that have been influenced by other Christians, our parents, our family, friends, the world all around us. Many of us, including myself, I really have truthfully heard this countless times, just like this, this friend of mine asked me and told me about how she just feels like she keeps hearing this, like people are resenting their parents and abandoning their faith. And I feel like I've heard countless stories of people sharing stories of, uh, of their parents and experiences that, that just cause them to push aside church and God altogether. These stories are unfortunate and disheartening. And it almost seems like it's becoming more and more common for this to be the norm these days, which only causes us as mothers to fear being a part of this resentment. We want nothing more than to mom with Jesus, right? To share the glorious hope we found in our savior with the children that he has given us. We want to see their faces light up as they experience his pure and true love. We want to see them walking with God and serving him. Our hearts have pure intentions to lead them to Jesus. In fact, that is what Jesus calls us to do. So today we're going to talk about how to nurture our children's spiritual walk. We're going to learn how to lead with confidence instead of fear and trust that God almighty is holding our babies in the palm of his hand. And so we're going to share three points on this. The first one is called biblical calling, biblical calling. What does the Bible say we as parents are called to do? There is actually so many scriptures about parenting, about being a parent and our children and what 
to do tons. And Proverbs 22, 6, I've shared this one many times because it's relevant for many subjects of parenting, but especially today, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he grows older, he will not abandon it. Simple. What is our biblical calling? To train up a child in the way they should go. And when they get older, they will not abandon it. Our culture wants to teach and persuade us not to pressure or teach our children the ways of God, because if we do, we might mess them up. They're trying to convince us that it's better to take our hands off the faith card and let them decide on their own. Give them space to figure it all out. In the same way, they also are telling us to let them choose their gender, right? But I could have sworn God has already done that for us. I don't know. It's just me. But that's for another day. We're not talking about that today, right? But they are trying to convince us and have convinced many to take the pressure off our kids so they can find their own way, only to realize that years later, they're completely lost and confused because they were never shown the way. After all, that is our jobs as parents. But think about it. The world has no problem pressuring and even brainwashing our kids right before our eyes. I mean, think about TV shows and media just alone. You see it all around their agenda. Our culture's agenda is being pushed in even the most random ways. And it's disgusting. Just kids shows I've happened to see. And I'm like, you cannot watch that anymore. It is pushing these unnecessary agendas that is not proper for a kid. And it's all around. It's disgusting. Why are they doing this? Because they're trying to literally 100% brainwash our children to believe what they believe and to agree with it. But it is frowned upon for us to tell our kids, hey, we're going to church today. They have no fear in what they push. So why should we tremble in fear of messing our kids up when all we're trying to do is show them the truth and the love of God? The truth is, is this is our biblical calling to tell our children about the love and the gospel of Christ. And God has chosen us to literally be the first mouthpiece and example for our children to follow, not the world or the naysayers, but you. So we, I I just encourage you to not allow the pressure of the fear of this culture to cause us to cower back from one of the most important callings that we have, and that is to reveal Jesus to our kids. And like I said, there are so many scriptures on this point um, about just teaching our children the word of God and, and his ways and his love. And Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, it says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them around your hand, wear them on your forehead as reminders, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so many of us are afraid to even talk about our faith with our kids or let alone people around us, because we don't want to offend them. We don't want to pressure them. We don't want to seem like we're pushy. We don't want to seem, but they need the gospel just as much as we do. 
and we're afraid to, but God is saying, repeat it again and again to your kids. Please talk about them when you're driving to Chick-fil-A, when you're going to church, when you're at home, when you wake up, teach your kids the word of God. And Deuteronomy 4, 9 through 10, it says, but watch out, be careful to never forget what you yourselves have seen. What has God done for you? Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live and be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord, your God at Mount Sinai, where he told me, summon the people before me and I will personally instruct them. Then they will learn to fear me as long as they live and they will teach their children to fear me also. God is saying, don't forget what he's done for you. Don't forget what God has done for you personally. And also tell your kids about it. Tell your kids about God has freed you from addiction, from darkness, from hurt, from this world, from all kinds of things. Tell your kids what God has done for you and they will learn to fear the Lord as well. In Psalms 8, 2, it says, you have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. I mean, what, this is a random scripture, but think about it. So many times we think, oh, we have to be old enough to understand God and like the word, but God is saying in the scripture that he literally, he tells children and infants about his strength. Like they are knowledgeable. They have it in their heart. The spirit of God is already residing in them, calling them to himself. And so biblical calling, let's not get it twisted. We are called to be bold and share our faith with our children. So let's move on to our second point, And that is imperfect parents versus a perfect God, imperfect parents versus a perfect God. And it's true. Unfortunately, some well-meaning parents have caused some resentment in their kids by the way they tried to lead them to Jesus and instill the value of church in their life. And we hear it often. None of us want to do the same. And I really don't think, honestly, that any of those parents wanted to either. I mean, do you really think that these parents that are trying to teach their children about God that end up resenting them had wrong intentions, um, were wanting to push them away from God? No, they just were trying to figure out how to do it. They had pure intentions and they're imperfect. Think about it this way. How many children, how many of your children have got frustrated with you, stormed off, slammed the door, and even chose to avoid you out of frustration when all you were doing was helping them with their homework? How many times have you sat down and like, oh, mom, and you're like, come on, pay attention. Let's do this. No, you know what? You just made me so mad. You don't uh, and uh, and gun go. Or how many times have your children been upset with you when you simply were asking them to do their chores that they're required to do daily. Hey, can you wash the dishes, mijo? Oh, dude, you're so annoying. I don't know. I don't know. What do these kids talk like these days, right? But how many times have they gotten for, I remember as a teenager, it's like, dude, I look back and I'm like, dude, you should have just like done your chores and chilled out, girl. Like you had it made. But I remember acting like that. These are smaller, simple examples. But do we stop teaching them the importance of school? and being responsible and chores and other life values based off of their reactions and even feelings towards us? Of course not. Why would we, not, why not? Because we know that these things are good for them and are needed to live a successful and blessed life. 
they need this, but they just don't know it yet. So we are okay with their initial reactions towards us because we realize it's not even about us, but more so they just don't quite understand just yet or see the importance of what we're teaching them. Does that make sense? So with this perspective, let's think about it. Are we going to back down and stray away from teaching our kids the love in the ways of God? Because what if they hate me for it in the long run and and abandon their faith, right? It sounds scary. What if, you know, what if this happens and you do these things and then follow what, but what if on a positive note, you share the gospel with them, you don't back down and they end up choosing to follow Christ wholeheartedly. And it was your influence that led them to live out their purpose, to live a whole healthy and blessed life because you weren't afraid to teach him God's word. We will be imperfect in this pursuit. We will fail. We will mess up many times and you have to learn to be okay with that. Your kids might need a little, they might need to work through some issues when they get older, maybe even with the counselor one day. And you know what? At the end of all, you're trying your best. How our kids choose to filter it all and what they choose to do with it is honestly completely up to them. God gave not only us, but he gave them free will to choose. What is our job? It's to lead them, lead our kids. And it's their job to choose to use what we gave them. But if we're constantly worried about our imperfections and messing up, we will lead out of fear rather than love. When we begin to lead with fear, what if they don't accept Jesus? What if they resent me? What if they abandon their faith? And what if they just don't want to go to church? What if, oh no, then we end up beginning to force things out of fear, force the Bible, pressure them to be and look and act a certain way out of fear that they will fall away. That is when we push our kids away, when we lead out of fear. But fear is never appealing to anyone. It only pushes us away. God calls us to lead out of love, not perfection, not fear, but out of love. And if you can simply love your kids, Share the gospel in ways that he leads you to. Have fun with it. Embrace your imperfections as you trust God's perfection to fill in all the gaps that you can't fill yourself. You will be able to have peace knowing that God's got the whole world in his hands. And so imperfect parents versus a perfect God. And Ephesians 4, 4, 2, it says, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And it's saying like, we're not going to be perfect. Be patient, not only with your kids, but with yourself, be humble and gentle as you lead your children out of love. And in Romans 2, 4, it says, do you, don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that it is his kindness is intended to turn you away from your sins? It doesn't say his, his anger. It doesn't say his holiness. It doesn't say his, his crazy, mighty, strong arms. I don't know. It says it's his kindness that turns us away from sin. In the same way, shouldn't we follow the example of Christ, that it is the kindness and the love of God that draws our kids back to Jesus, not fear, not anger, not pressure, not trying to just 
convince them to be this cookie cutter Christian, but showing them the love of God. And so guys, let's end on this last point, And that is lead by example. I'm sure we've heard this in many different forms and ways throughout our life, but lead by example. And you might be wondering as we're talking about all this, okay, well, how do I even begin to teach my kids the way of God, his love and all that comes with it. Whether your kid right now is a baby, a toddler, a teen, or a grown adult, there is always ways to reveal Jesus to them. One thing I've learned so far, I still, yes, I have young kids. So, so far is that our kids are never too young to understand and even learn God's word. I am always surprised at how fast kids memorize scripture, let alone store the truth and treasures of God's love in their heart. When your child is a baby, you can read Bible stories to them. And even though they're not able to talk, the seed is being planted. The times you hold your newborn as you sing out in worship, the presence of God is being ushered in and ministering to even the youngest children. As they grow up in the same way, they have the capability to memorize and sing Coco Melon songs by repetition. They can memorize verses, worship songs, and much more by simply repeating them to them daily over and over. There are so many ways that you can teach your kids the word of God, the love of God. I could be here all night if I share examples, honestly. And even, like I said, I'm telling you, there are kids, two-year-olds, one-year-olds memorizing scripture. And for, as our kids were little and they began to even first utter their little words, we started writing scriptures and putting them on their closet. And before bedtime, we would read it to them and they would mumble it before you know what they were saying it before you know what they're putting the words together. And before you knew it, they were saying this whole scripture out of memory and they're one, two, three, four years old. And every time like, dang, that's crazy. Like they really be memorizing these scriptures and they would be joyful about they. And you have to understand that when you do this, no matter what age they are, it is a seed that is planted in their heart. And when they grow up and they go through hardships, maybe there's times that they fall away from their faith. It is that seed that is their foundation that is carrying, carrying them through those hard times and always bringing them back to Jesus. And so there are so many ways, like I said, you can teach them by example, but truly God gives us wisdom and creativity for our family. He'll give you fun ideas if you simply ask him. But one thing I really want to touch on is not just the practical ways that we can teach our kids, but one way that is sure to teach them and leave a huge impact. And that is your example. The way that you make God a priority, the way that you choose to go to church most Sundays, if not all, the way that you read your Bible while they play, the way that you worship with your whole heart in the car, singing out loud and they're in the rear view mirror like, What's going on, mom? And before you know it, they start singing the words with you. It's the way you love and respect your husband, your spouse, your friends, your family. It's the way you serve them and honor them to please the Lord. It's the kindness and generosity that you extend to others to bring God glory. The way you choose to live a holy life and rid your home and your family of things that are not life-giving. It's the way you love your kids with the love of God and so much more. These are the examples that they are watching and learning from most. Granted, there will be imperfections, mistakes, failures in the mix with it all. There will be. But when you allow them to see that even you are human, that let them see 
that there is humanity in it all, they begin to see, okay, it's not just a show. It's a real relationship with Jesus through the good and through the bad. And I believe that one of the main reasons that kids resent their parents and even abandon their faith is because they say it was all a show. They were hypocrites. They saw them raise their hands in church one day, but live a toxic, crazy life at home. Or they always saw this perfect cookie cutter Christian and were never allowed to see even an ounce of their parents' struggle or humanity. They hid it from them out of fear that it would damage their children, but they didn't realize that their children thought that is the only way to be a Christian. So when they faced their own struggles, they fell away because they felt less than a perfect Christian. My point is, is hypocrisy is not always intentional. You may not mean to try to keep it all together and appear perfect. You may not realize that your life isn't measuring up to the Christian standards that you're demanding from your children, but they are watching and they are learning the example that you lay out for them. So show them the real Jesus, show them what a relationship with the savior looks like, show them what grace and mercy means, show them how a sinner needs a savior, show them the gospel and the way that you live your life. And remember, you're not going to be perfect. You just won't. But ask God to hold your hand along the way and help you to simply show your children who God is and they will follow. And so I'm going to end on this very last uh, verse. And it says uh, in 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young, but be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live in your love, in your faith and your purity. I see this verse as two ways for our children, that our children, even though they are young, they're one, two, three, four, teenagers, whatever young they are, that even they can be an example to those older than them of learning the word of living a life for God, of their love and their faith, but then also for you to remember that you are an example to all believers. You are an example to your children and those around you in the way that you live your life. And what they learn from most is the example that we set. I hope you found encouragement today. I'd love to connect with you. You can find me by following Lauren A. Hargrove on Instagram or Facebook. And before you go, can you do me a favor and leave a rating and review for this show? I would greatly appreciate it. And it would help other moms better find the show too. With that, thank you for being a part of our community today. And until next time.